You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. We have another really great podcast lined up for today, kind of fitting with what I've been saying lately. I'm not exactly sure what order this episode is going to come out. So just so that people are aware, this is recording about mid to late-ish March, because I know that something is going to uh, come up here in a minute that uh, is going to be somewhat time-dependent, but it will definitely come out before the movie in question. But just with that little teaser, I am going to go to the cast that we have for this week. And uh, I'm going to start off with a man that you have not heard for quite a while, probably. You might have just heard him last week. Um, <laughs> that is a friend of mine that I made playing D&D games uh, back in when I lived in North Carolina. And that is Nate Benton. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing great. I had a really good day today. My little girl decided to, uh, she's one years old, and she picked up a pot, was playing around with it, and dropped it on my toe. and. <laughs> thought it was hilarious <laughs> yeah so yeah that that happens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and were you saying uh, something before we started recording about uh, oh, how yeah. you're about to have another and, one uh, on my wife's induction date has been moved up she has to she's on some medication so she has to be induced and the doctor said she's not going to make it the full 40 weeks so we're going to have our second child our little boy finnegan james robert is going <laughs> to come to the world on the third or the fourth of uh, april yeah pretty cool pretty cool yeah so yeah just uh just a few weeks away mm-hmm. and Very how exciting. old and how old is your daughter uh they will be 14 months apart okay <laughs> i'll just do the math for you right yes yes <laughs> they that's will what be I was 14 trying. months apart <laughs> well that's okay my brothers are 11 months and 29 days apart really yes not even a year apart, but short by two days. So, yeah, I, I definitely know about that. But, um, all right, well, that's cool. Um, congratulations. Uh, a little prematurely, but, you know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, next up is someone that uh, you've probably heard several times by the time we get to this one on the podcast. Uh, she is the co-host of the Earth Station MCU podcast, and that is Jennifer Hartshorn. How are you, Jennifer? I am doing excellent. Good. Anything new and exciting happen? When she Logan a week or so ago, that was very excellent. Uh, I was very impressed with that. Lots of lots of feels. Otherwise, I'm just uh, keeping busy with school. So that's that's that and you know full time job. Yeah, all all those good things. Yeah, I think you stay a little more than busy with your schooling and job. Schooling and job and podcasting. <laughs> Earth Station MCU, also Earth Station Who. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've got Doctor Who coming back on another time-related show that has issues of its own. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
we're glad that you could make the time to come on 42Cast. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. And next up is someone that you probably think that you've heard way too much of and just wish that it wouldn't stop or it would stop. (laughs) And that is my nemesis, Mr. Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing fine, but you know, you're starting to sound a lot like my wife. (laughs) (laughs) She can't stand you either, huh? Well, you know... (laughs) <laughs> there are times I walk through the door and she's like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> no, wow. I kid. I kid. So what you're saying uh, is you guys are podcast spouses, basically. Uh, what I'm saying is, <laughs> uh, frankly, I, on, the, on the chance that, you know, I don't know when it will be, but when she hears this, when I, I pretty much, you know, force her to sit down and listen to everything that I'm involved in, like I occasionally do, because that really just broadens the love. But um, <laughs> when that happens, I feel like I should say no more, or at the very least, I want to let her know when she listens to this that we edited out the worst part. <laughs> Oh, wow, you've just put a whole lot of power in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, she'll never... I mean, you you can't know. Of course. By me saying we've edited it out, did we? Yeah. Didn't we? Now I'm playing my games with her. I'm I'm laying the groundwork now for a hilarious joke (laughs) later on. Yes, your explanation will be edited out, though, because we want to leave it as ambiguous as possible. Hilarious gaslighting, because you know? that's always that's, that's always, always good fun. fun for everyone involved. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not telling her she's crazy. I'm not. No, it's not gaslighting at all. <laughs> Wait, are you gaslighting right now? <laughs> Maybe the cats—they're in here, yeah. but not, uh-huh. yeah, not her. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I. <laughs> my wife sometimes gets upset by the things that I share on podcasts as well, because I don't really care, but. <laughs> I told people, I was on a podcast once on another show, and it was about, like, uh, music of the 90s, and so I said that uh, my wife's and my song was the bad touch by the Bloodhound Gang. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she didn't find that amusing, but anyway. Oh, but it's good to have you on, Ryan. No, 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 uh, unkind, no unkind words for Pluto today. Yeah, I never have unkind words for Pluto. I just have facts. <laughs> yeah, maybe the facts hurt. Right, <laughs> that's still what they are. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's it's good to have you. On. Good to be here. Uh, good b- to be here. Before we go into the normal five questions segment, I just want to take a minute because something that's just happened for us, and again, we're definitely going to play this episode before the movie comes out in June, but the uh, final Wonder Woman trailer came out. And have you all three of you had a chance to watch it? Oh, many, many times. Mm-hmm. Oh, over and yeah. over. Okay. So I just wanted just uh, brief thoughts uh, from each of you. Let's go, um, Jennifer, Ryan, and Nate. Just what did you think of the Wonder Woman trailer? I have to say, I, I am stupid excited. I have not been impressed with, with any of the uh, DC movies of late. You know, there there have been bright spots. I think Suicide Squad was, was the closest to one that, that I was not that, that I was okay with, but I still felt like, you know, as, as, as a gamer, you'll understand, I really felt like the plot was like made up on, on the DM's drive over, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Wonder Woman. The, the period details look amazing. Gail Ghetto looks, looks fantastic. She is, you know, I, I grew up with, oh my God, I'm blanking Linda on her Carter. name. 
Thank you, Linda Carter. And so she's always been the definitive Wonder Woman for me, but this Gail has has already obliterated that in my mind. I'm I'm so excited. I'm really happy with the way the rest of the cast is shaping up and I'm bracing myself because I'm I'm very much going please don't suck. Please don't suck because I want this to be so good. But everything I've seen in the trailers has has really impressed me so far. I'm hoping this will be kind of the universal opinion of everyone, but it's a fantastic looking trailer. It's, I would say that, you know, to steal from another franchise, this is like our last best hope uh, (laughs) for, for a DC cinematic universe. And, And this trailer was so good and i'm so looking forward to this that i find myself thinking that i'm going to enjoy chris pine in a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's saying something right there i you know i don't know exactly where they're going to take it but the very fact that they ended the trailer with a joke the very fact that they they made Mm -hmm. a point of showing daylight and bright colors Mm -hmm. and this just kind of seems to be their their apology letter for the the snyder verse (laughs) that they've been creating or at least that's what i hope you know, I know he had a hand in the script, but I'm hoping it was kind of just a uh, maybe he proofread it for you know typos or something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, certainly he was involved for continuity reasons for Justice League. Yes. I'm hoping that it was just something along those lines of just an overview, make sure that nothing contradicts what he's doing, or put little details. Oh, one final thing I will say about it is, and again, maybe <laughs> I'm of mixed feeling about the the Wonder Woman theme. You know, that the, mm. the, at the very end they do that, and it was uh, every time she showed up in uh, BVS as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just that that up until that until up until it played in the last two seconds, I was really digging it, and then that played, and I just took me right back to BVS. <laughs> you know, it's like I had a flashback suddenly. So I kind of wish they yeah. would ditch that, maybe get her a new uh, theme of her own. Now that I didn't like. Yeah. I like it at the yeah. time, but now it's just too traumatic. Yeah, I agree, Ryan. It's going to be, uh, it had some some PTSD moments <laughs> curled up in the corner <laughs> <laughs> crying <laughs> when I heard the theme. But I, what I'm really excited about is it looks like they're holding true to Wonder Woman's origin. They didn't say we molded her from clay and was given life by Athena, but they said, you know, she can't know what she really is and things like that. So it's it's suggesting maybe that's what maybe that's what's going to happen and then also i'm also really excited if you look at what comes out the week before it's pirates of the caribbean baywatch (laughs) i mean nothing and then what comes out the week of nothing i mean it's Mm. it's i hope it's going to be huge and it and they just look at what what they did for what they did to allow the director and the writer to creatively have control of this movie and then allow it to happen in their future movies. I think that's where they're getting, I think that's where DC's getting in trouble with, they're just too many executives, not enough creative types. Yeah. My own opinion seeing it was, uh, well, just, just to tee up a little bit on what others have said, I don't want to really bash BVS, but it is definitely a movie that didn't hit strongly with me. And I do feel that the theme is a little jarring with the movie as presented in the trailer. It seems maybe it fits better in a modern setting or something, but with the World War One and everything going on, you know, it's almost like you want like a nice orchestral score, you know, still something powerful or, you know, whatever, but not the frenetic you know, thing which kind of fits with the Berserker Warrior mode, but she doesn't look like she's in Berserker Warrior mode. She looks powerful, but she looks in Mm. control. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't know. I just don't feel... I agree with you guys. The theme does feel kind of jarring in the preview, but that's a really minor complaint. You know, I see that trailer, and I see a lot of heart in the movie. 
You know, I see humor in the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, and again, this is the first major female superhero movie ever. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a big deal in and of itself. So I want it to succeed because I want DC to know that there is a way to succeed. And I want it to yeah. succeed to prove to Hollywood that a female superhero movie can succeed because for some reason we have to prove that to them. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, th- those are those are the things, because I, I would like to see DC kind of move away from the Snyder stuff. I, I do disagree with Ryan, though. I don't think it's the last hope. I think Justice League is their last hope. But I just don't have much hope in Justice League because it's Snyder, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to get more of the same. So, yeah, I'm really hoping that this will work, and then that will hopefully snowball into Aquaman, and maybe they can finally get Flash back on its feet. whatever's going on with Batman or all the other ones that they've proposed and not put dates on, you know, I mean, so yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this, but yeah, I was just blown away by that trailer and we, we do have to put a little, you know, uh, just be a little hesitant here because I thought every single one of the Star Wars prequels trailers were also amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So the trailers are the, the best parts for sure (laughs) right so you know you can do clever things with trailers to make a movie look way better than it actually is but i'm hoping that's not the case here and it's actually legitimate but yeah i'm i'm pretty excited well oh the other thing i'm wondering how you guys feel about this none of you mentioned it they don't seem to be shying away from the mythology of it Mm -hmm. whereas marvel like really seriously retconned asgard to be like sci-fi to sort of work it into you know a more i guess grounded even though we're still dealing with people with the names of gods and whatnot and you know wheeling giant hammers and things it's like no science and magic are the same thing you know yeah and uh so i i really like that i like the fact that they're not shying away from that and it sounds like they're just going to just be like nope this is all real uh well that's actually a distinct difference that dc and marvel always had with how they dealt with magic and technology Mm -hmm. marvel's always said you know magic is just technology you don't understand yet mm-hmm. and dc has always said no magic is magic technology is technology because you know superman's greatest weakness is magic right so i think they've always had a real clear line between those those two in the dc universe so uh, i like it i like that they're gonna delve right into and, creek mythology yeah they they and to be fair they already kind of established that with enchantress you know that there is a mystical right. element to it but that said there was that rumor, I guess it's been several years now, uh, right after um, Man of Steel, that, you know, Wonder Woman, that that they might just be, like, descended from the original Kryptonian colonists, which I think would be a really hmm. lame way to go with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just brought me down, Ryan. You just brought I, me well, down. I, I don't think, because of Enchantress, as strange as it may sound, because of Enchantress, I don't think they're going to go that route. Uh, but, they can you know, just in, explain in, Enchantress as a go old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that they're going to go that route now, even if it was an idea that they had before. Yeah. You know, there was also that thing where, I don't know if you guys remember, about a year ago, the former Warner Brothers employee wrote an open letter to the company detailing all the reasons why, you know, they're, they're getting it wrong. And one of the things that he said at the end, and you know how screwed up Wonder Woman is, yeah, you know, or something like that, where he mm-hmm. didn't give many details around it, but I was kind of like, this is not good. But at the same time, it was a disgruntled employee, so, you know, we can't right. put too much stock you know, on what he's saying. So, yeah, I'm still hopeful. And besides, they've had time to do, you know, to do what they need to do in editing, you know, so even if it was having difficulties a year ago, it doesn't really mean anything now because they could have just cleaned everything up. 
editing is a powerful tool because uh, <laughs> if you ever see alternate cuts of movies, you sometimes learn how much a movie can change based on what scenes they decide to leave in or not. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but then the flip side of that is, well, I guess that's that's the difference between edits and reshoots. I was about to just bring up Rogue One, but those were reshoots, which mm-hmm. I guess are technically edits, but they're still their own. Well, and I love that about Rogue One. I felt like I could watch every... I, I wasn't spoiled. I was still excited when I saw yeah. Rogue One because even though... I can't stop myself from watching trailers. I still yeah. got to see new stuff. Yeah, because none of the stuff in the first trailer was actually in the movie. You know? <laughs> exactly, but I still felt like I knew what the movie was going to be about. It was awesome. Well, Best of both worlds. I mean, you know, we know what all these movies are going to be like. <laughs> the only time that's a problem is when there's a scene that just seems like really awesome that's in the trailer, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see it. And you get to the movie, and you're and like, then it never happened. It never yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and um, uh, Starship Troopers came out. There was that song that they played during the previews or in the trailers, you know. I forget the name of the song, and I'm not going to sing it. But when <laughs> I went it, and saw it, 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 was, it was that song. It goes like, Woo-hoo, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They had that in the trailer. You go watch, and they were like killing aliens, you know, killing the bugs, the big space rifles. And then you go see the movie, and that song's not in there. And I was like, oh, come on. Not one action scene with that song in it. It was pretty disappointing. All right. Does anyone have anything else they want to say about Wonder Woman? It's going to be the start of summer. Well, isn't Guardians technically? I was going to say, what weekend does it come out? Uh, right, it comes out the beginning Guardians of June. Is, yeah, Guardians, Guardians is going to do better, but I th- I'm really excited about Wonder Woman. I oh, see. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'm going to enjoy Guardians. It will probably do better, but it's it. We've been over that territory before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No. It's so yeah. I, maybe not the beginning of summer, but this is fine. New. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because usually, even though summer doesn't technically start until June, the summer movie season starts the first week of May. Uh, right. yeah, at least how March. people consider it. Well, yeah, now, I mean, it's getting to where it's like March. With Civil, you know, um, Winter Soldier was in March. Batman vs. Superman was in March. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, if no one has anything else to say about Wonder Woman, then we are going to move on to five questions. All right. Since all of you have been on the podcast before, you know what's up with five questions. So just for people who are listening to this one, if this is your first one, five questions is basically a way for us to just kind of loosen up before we start talking about the topic. And what I do is I take a random set of five questions that can only have two possible answers and just ask it to the group. And we just see what kind of shakes out about that. So it tells you a little something about us and, you know, just lets us have a little bit of fun. Alright, better sci-fi franchise, Alien or Predator? Only considering movies or yeah. the entire IP? I'm going to say Alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Alien. the Alien franchise has had the best and the worst. I think the Predator franchise has been more consistent quality-wise. Maybe never quite as good, but never nearly as bad as the Alien one. So if we're not counting the AVP movies... Yeah, you can't count those because it's both. Yeah. The the question here is, does Aliens... Is that so good that it balances out Resurrection? (sighs) (laughs) And you know what? (laughs) I'm going to go with yes. So yeah, I'm going to go with... I'm gonna, the math works in my head. I'm going to say Alien. Yeah, I actually can agree with you as far as overall quality-wise between the two of them, but I also go with Alien because we also have an awesome character in uh, Ripley, Scorny Weaver, uh, in those mm-hmm. movies, and Predator doesn't really have something to match 
So while I do like Predators and I like the concept of Predator, I do think that Alien is sort of the better big 80s alien monster franchise thing. Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely. Uh, a- alien all the way. I mean, I just, I personally just could not get into the Predator movies. And I think that, like like you said, Ripley as a character is is so freaking awesome that, that she... You know, I, I would even say she she makes up for Prometheus, and that's, that's <laughs> saying something. So, I will say this is just my personal opinion, but of both franchises, the best scene ever is still going to be maybe it's because I was a teenager and it just blew my mind. But it's still the end of Predator Two when Danny Glover yeah fights off, kills the Predator, and then all the others just start decloaking right there in front of him, and <laughs> he's in the trophy room with the the xenomorph skull. That just that yeah to this day that is the best scene ever the thing that disappoints me is i'm just gonna throw this out really quick because uh, i don't know if any of you are familiar with the actual alien versus predator it started out as a graphic novel but there's actually a novelization of it which is what i read first Mm -hmm. that was such a better story than the avp movie i mean completely different avp wasn't even an adaptation of it Mm -hmm. and i really wish that story had been made into a movie because that had a strong protagonist it had a much better reason for what was going on with the aliens and the predators there was none of the revisionist stuff about aztecs ten thousand years ago when i I was just like what does this even mean in this movie you know it was it was ah, so good and i just wish that we had had that but anyway that's has nothing to do with the question but (laughs) just thought to throw that out there because it has to do with aliens and predators but uh, future podcast right (laughs) all right so second question are you team cap or team iron man oh i'm team captain no you move <laughs> that's what i say you move see that would have been a lot better if you had waited for somebody else to answer but anyway. oh <laughs> <Yeah>, sorry <laughs> i'm preemptive my my roots are planted there you go <laughs> okay <laughs> damn it this is another podcast on myself too <laughs> I, on paper i am team iron man but i would follow steve rogers into the gates of hell even if he said up was down and left was right so I admire Steve Rogers. I, I think Captain America is is awesome. I'm a Tony Stark girl. I uh, I am Team Iron Man. Um, and especially if we if we are speaking specifically of Civil War, you know, Steve, I love him, but but he was wrong. So. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I'm hearing this. Uh, well, well, guess what? I am going to agree with Jennifer on this one mm-hmm. because taking the movie only and not what they've done with Agents of Shield and just what was explained in sure. the movie. Exactly. I believe that Tony was right. Okay. No, but, <laughs> but I guess in specific, what do we mean? Like Steve Dude. was wrong not to tell Tony about you know Tony's parents. Yes, he was wrong about that. But Tony was wrong in the whole Accords idea. He was wrong in imprisoning uh, Scarlet Witch. He was wrong in, in basically the whole in building a prison, you know, a, a black site. Like he was wrong in. Well, well, you're making Tony assumptions. Tony build the prison first of all. Yes, well, yes, uh, he did. You're making. Yeah, he ass- said that. You're making assumptions, and a lot of people make this assumption. Nowhere did it ever say in that movie that those people were not going to receive a trial. Never. Never did that movie say that. And we always do that. When somebody breaks the law, you put them in jail before their court date. So that's just a jail to hold people with superpowers, and it's underwater just because a lot of powered people (laughs) could break out 
you know, of a regular jail and yeah. just run away. The water is what keeps them from being able to just run away. Uh, you know, so yeah, they never did it say that it was just some black site where they just disappear and no one would hear from them again. That is not part of the movie. That is an assumption. Uh, we could we could do an entire podcast just just fighting <laughs> yes. this out if we're actually going to get to the main topic. Right. We, should, we should probably move on. <laughs> Mostly on. <laughs> but yeah, the, my point is that the Avengers cannot be a lawless body that does what they want when they feel like Thank it, you. which is Cap's exactly. entire point of view. Put serial numbers, print serial numbers on the backs of. Uh, Enhanced individuals. That's that's that was added by that was added mean. by Agents of Shield. That is not part of anything that was in the movie Civil War. That was it's not in the movie. Was. It was and, saying and I, if you're enhanced, I, you can't do anything without the permission. Yeah, you can't. Of the government, you can't go into another country and start knocking over buildings without exactly. the permission of the government, which you can't do as a private citizen either. It was just saying, as the Thanks. Avengers, you are governed by laws. Shoddy construction. Okay. <laughs> that and, and the, yeah. the way in which I was, I was saying specifically, Steve was wrong. Was Steve was wrong to be like, oh, okay, so Bucky's this guy who has been, you know killing all these people and has been you know a, a secret agent for for hydra but but that's cool we should just you know don't get mad at him not his fault man right. i mean <laughs> you can't do that all. i mean come on <laughs> to i think i think steve was more concerned about them pretty much having a kill on site order for uh, bucky more than anything uh, rather than rather than trying to bring him in alive because to be fair he was brainwashed and then it wasn't his fault but again there has to be the rule of law right. well and then also you're gonna have a brainwashed super killer assassin in the hands of the government which will probably be okay right he was already in the hands of the government i know let's just <laughs> but he's gonna be a part of the american government <laughs> he was he a was part trying... of the american government he was under the control of pierce who was the secretary of state right <laughs> well Defense, pierce, whichever. pierce was not the director of shield or whatever not the director of shield but some yeah but even if that were the case i mean you're really just replacing remember how well it worked out having shield in, in charge, having a, a nefarious, you know, nebulous government entity in charge of that much power pretty much never leads to good. I mean, Cap's whole argument was that, yeah, we're human, yeah, we're not perfect, but we're better than a, a corrupting mechanism. We've already seen what happened with S.H.I.E.L.D., with Hydra taking over. It put the Avengers, put a governing body over the Avengers that that is faceless and this is what you're going to get well my only point to that is if you take any group of individuals in our world today with any sort of special skills and you say they can just operate completely independently and just do whatever they want go into whatever country try to do assassinations or whatever and that's perfectly fine you would say no that's crazy you can't let people do that so that's my whole point on that is that there has to be a rule of law because power does corrupt and even the most morally pure people when given that sort of carte blanche will eventually misuse it and so that is the issue but i don't want to go down this road too far <laughs> because yes that is the whole podcast question right? <laughs> I, I i needed to sort of exorcise when i wrote that question into five questions so you know <laughs> there we are all right if you want to play a video game do you pick a pc or a console uh, now i pick a console I would prefer a PC. Okay. PC. I don't own a console, so PC. Yeah, I am, well, 
right now I guess I'm PC just because of the convenience of it, but I used to be a console gamer. I used to play Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all that, but I haven't had a console system since the age of Super Nintendo. I mean, I still have my old ones, but, you know, they're not actually hooked up to anything, so. <laughs> so it's PC now. Alright. Fourth question. Better 60s spy show, The Avengers or The Man From U.N.C.L.E.? I'm going to go with Man From U.N.C.L.E. I really, really like the that buddy cop kind of duo, and uh, I don't know. I just found it. I liked it. I liked it better. Man from Uncle. Yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, sorry, I neither of those shows did it for me. Okay. Get smart would have been my answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, if you make me choose, I'm gonna go with Avengers. Yeah. Just this is the because. Name. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, okay. what, I, I want to say Amanda Peel, but that's not what's her name. Emma uh, Peel. Emma Peel. Emma Peel, not Amanda yeah. Peel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it wasn't quite right, but because you know, uh, a, a badass, a kick-ass woman in the '60s it was it was kind of a, a cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's a cool thing now too, right? It is. <laughs> but it, it's now, I guess now it was normal, it was much know? more unusual then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, adventures uh, all the way. I've definitely seen more of Avengers than I have of uh, Man from Uncle, but yeah, Mrs. Peel is just just the best, and and Steed is is awesome, and I yeah. Although although if you had thrown in Get Smart, that that probably would have been my my call yeah, as well. Oh, oh sure, but I mean Get Smart is in another genre entirely. It really I mean, is, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> They're all spies. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, technically, but it's a half-hour show. It's comedy. You know, these were hour-long, more dramatic, even though some aspects of the Avengers are kind of silly. But, yeah, I mean, it was Avengers for me, too. Um, I watched it on A&E, like, in the late 80s and 90s. I, even going beyond Mrs. Peel, I actually watched the ones with Tara King. Uh-huh. <laughs> that shows my devotion to the show because she was no Mrs. Peel, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I love the Avengers. I love the whole offbeat nature of it. It was just sort of like weird and surreal, but it was also, you know, uh, you know, an action series. So, you know, it was, it was fun. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, the whole early part of my life prepared me to like anything British. So, you know, that is what <laughs> it is. So, <laughs> Alright, so sort of germane to our discussion tonight, the fifth question, would you rather travel in space or travel in time? I think uh, I'd rather travel in space. Any particular reason? Well, I think I'd be too scared to travel in time. (laughs) I think I'd screw something up. (laughs) I'm kind of clumsy, I don't pay attention to details. So I would miss something and and sneeze on the wrong person and start a super flu that wiped out 80% of the population or something. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, no, too stressful. I'll go in space. Just quick question for the people yeah. of the podcast today. Have you seen the Simpsons episode where Homer accidentally turns the toaster into a time machine? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God, oh, it is Homer. the funniest thing ever. And so, like, he accidentally steps on something in the past, and he goes to the present, and, like, Flanders is, like, the evil overlord of the whole world. <laughs> and he keeps on going back and trying to fix it, and he keeps on, you know, it's, like, ten different parallel timelines that you see that he keeps coming back to. It's hilarious. But anyway. Um, right. I, I gather that was a Treehouse of Horror episode. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, <laughs> You know, without more information... This is a tough one. I mean, it's time travel. If, if it's a singular timeline, I kind of, yeah, get get the, the whole sentiment of being afraid to change things. But if it's like a 
go back in time and create a brand new universe every time you do, screw it. (laughs) (laughs) It's still just as bad for you if when you travel back forward, you end up in the alternate timeline. (laughs) Okay. Unless I'm worshipped as a god when I come back, or conversely, (laughs) apes have taken over. Either way is fine. And besides, it's not like you can't go to space and step on the grass and suddenly be breaking the prime directive or something, you know? (laughs) I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... I think I'd rather travel through time. Just because I I could get some questions answered that, you know, I'd be really curious to know the truth, too. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, just just given the the wide-open parameters of it, because, you know, like, traveling in space, you know, well, there's... That, that depends. Do I have faster than light travel? You know, do there's as of right now, we don't know what's out there, you know. I, so, I, I, I would, I, I lean towards saying space, if only because I, I am enough of a history buff to know that most of history was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the future's not looking good either. And, uh, his history was, was there was a lot of stuff that was pretty gross, and uh, women not, not having uh, a, a whole lot of rights for, for a lot of the time there, and yeah, I mean, the, it's it's like, if you can, if you can, like, travel in time and be a fly on the wall and get to, you know, see cool things, and, and then go home and get a good night's sleep in a regular bed and take a shower in the morning then you know that's all good but you know any any kind of prolonged um uh time spent in the past not so much yeah for me it is time travel i have always wanted to travel in time and i feel like it's one of those things that yeah there's some fear of like changing things or whatever uh, in a way that is not advantageous but if you plan well enough you know it shouldn't be any more dangerous than, you know, most things that you do, you know, in your life. So, you know, I just feel like that would be more exciting in many ways. Uh, I mean, I totally get Jen's point, and I totally get the difference also, because I'm a guy, and so I would blend in with a lot of times and places that I'd be interested in going and be able to, you know, get away with doing things if I had, you know, money that I brought back with me and such, but, uh, <laughs> which is always, you know, a good thing to have money. Either way, time or space, I'm sure they all speak English. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Well, but at least going in time, you can prepare yourself for what language that you're going to uh, encounter and learn it ahead of time. Whereas going in space, you encounter aliens without a magic universal translator, you're kind of... Kind of screwed. Yeah, kind of (laughs) screwed. Oh, miming this, like, means, like, we're going to kill you in your language? Whoops, you know. (laughs) All right, that's another five questions successfully completed. Mm. Arguably. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you traveled in time, if you picked travel in time, then you could. Anyway. All right, no, uh, yeah, definitely. um, What was the other one besides Team Cap, Team Iron Man? Uh, Alien vs. Predator. Oh, okay. All right. We'll have a podcast, right? (laughs) Alright, so uh, before we go on to our main topic, we are going to pause now for a uh, promo from another fine podcast. Hello, Marvel Universe! The Earth Station MCU podcast is your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Join our debrief as we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, upcoming and past favorite Marvel movies, cosplay, comics history, toys, games, interviews, and all things MCU. 
Whether you're a hero or a villain, a new viewer, or have been reading comics since you were a kid, there's something for you on Earth Station MCU. All right, and we're back. And this week, we're going to talk about Timeless. Timeless was a show that aired on NBC uh, this season. It wasn't quite a half season because it did get 16 episodes. uh, And it was a series, as the name implies, about time travel. And uh, so I think to start off, I just want, uh, you know, if everybody can give just a little overview of what they thought. Okay, so how how do I feel about Timeless? Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Uh, it's one of those shows where, to a different degree, you have to suspend your disbelief to a point just to just to make it through. I really felt like they did well. Where they shined is in the historical aspects of it. Mm. When they would go, they made they made the times that they go to fairly believable, and they would almost always have something in each time period that was a. Uh, out of the ordinary or that that your typical time travel show wouldn't think about or or just gloss over or not highlight on and so in that aspect they they made the time travel feel real i felt like they were extremely inconsistent with their own rules and logic and and their overarching plot was kind of weak but this is that rare show where i would say i enjoyed the week-to-week story more than the overall story if that makes sense yeah oh yeah totally i think what i liked about it was the the costumes, the period piece part of it. And it was like every week you just had like a new, it's like a, a period of the week kind of mm-hmm. show where you could get new costumes and new, new situations. Um, I think what I, I agree with Ryan that the, the overall plot that it's just hard. It, it felt like, uh, I hate to bring it up, but a Stargate universe Mm-hmm. Was that the one they were in the ship? Mm-hmm. And every yep. week it was always, oh my, oh my gosh, everything is gonna, we're all gonna die. And it was mm-hmm. and just every week it was always the end of the world. We're all, we're all gonna run out of air. We're all gonna run out of water. And this, and in Timeless, it was, they're gonna ruin history. They're gonna ruin history. They're gonna ruin history. And it's just like, kind of got numb after a while. And I felt like it needed some, the episodes needed like a couple off episodes where Flynn, they're like, we don't know what Flynn's doing. Why don't you guys go have a drink at a bar and see what happens? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, have some wacky antics or something. You know what I mean? Just some off episodes where it wasn't the whole overarching plot ev- all in a row. It just felt like it was turned up to 11 for 16 episodes. So it kind of got, you get numb to it. But overall, I really liked the show. I did like the show. I think it deserved, it hadn't found its footing. I think it deserved a second and third season. Well, we don't it, know for sure. Is it for sure, sure canceled? I was going to say, yeah, it isn't so, for sure canceled say. yet. So. It's, well, yeah. The, the, the predictors who predict such things are saying it's almost certainly canceled. But no, the NBC has not yet spoken. It is not official. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like they're just going to run the clock out on it. They're you know they're not going to cancel it because they want to keep holding on to the contracts. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be one of those uh, death by omission type deals. I hope not. <laughs> well, we'll see. Most of the networks don't renew shows until May. CW is the oddball that will renew stuff just whenever they feel like it. But uh, a lot of the networks, uh, the, the the three of the major of the TV networks, I should say, not cable networks, but NBC, ABC, CBS, they tend to leave things till May. So we'll see. That's pretty much if we don't hear about it in May, it's done. Yeah. Yep. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, we, we've we've got a number of 
uh, time travel uh, shows. This this coming on, um, you know, coming off the first season of Legends of Tomorrow, where they're after Barry himself, um, the, the worst time travelers in the history of ever. <laughs> it it made me very happy right from the start that they had a historian mm-hmm. who actually knew like what how you should behave and and like what the major things that you should be aware of are um the the idea of having time uh, uh, you know time travel capability without like even checking wikipedia before you go <laughs> bothered me a lot so i loved that they had a historian i loved that they had a, a black guy and did not skirt the fact that this is a black guy and we're traveling in time and yeah. that is an issue that that was something that made my head explode with uh with legends of tomorrow when they're like oh let's have a you know mixed race couple in the 1940s i'm sure that will be fine oh even better in the american revolution <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah oh <laughs> exactly and you know so there were there were so many things that i was seeing get get screwed up on on other shows especially legends of tomorrow but you know that it made me very happy that they were they were actually tackling those things head on i liked the i, I liked the idea of rittenhouse and the the you know shadowy organization behind the scenes kind of thing but the day-to-day of chasing down flynn just didn't always do it for me i think that uh i i agree that going a little bit lighter on the constant danger of of history being uh completely uh unraveled would have would have been good but um and letting the the rittenhouse thing sort of get teased out and and just just be more of a more of a background thing sort of sort of like the you know alien conspiracy stuff in x-files where you would have you know you would have a month worth of episodes go by in x-files without ever hearing about you know the the smoking man or something like that but overall i enjoyed it very much um i I agree that there were some internal logic issues (laughs) but i think that uh i think that a lot of the uh secondary characters were great i loved having patterson joseph on there i think that he is amazing and uh would and and honestly he was the first reason that i said i was like yeah time travel show i'll probably watch it i'm like oh he's on it dude i am there so uh so yeah overall enjoyable but you know not not without flaws it felt like they didn't as far as the overarching story goes that they didn't mm-hmm. know what they were doing like right. I, what we got through what two-thirds of the season and then they found out that rittenhouse's nefarious plan was to use a time machine to gasp change history in their favor right right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> i was expecting a hell of a lot more than that yeah. <laughs> no i i know and yeah for me i enjoyed the show i'm always a sucker for time travel though I mean, in in many ways, it reminded me, if anyone remembers, another show that only lasted a season, Voyagers, from the 80s, um, which is the same idea, you go back to, I mean, there it's a little bit different, where when they land in a period, there's something wrong that they have to put right. Here, a lot of times, there was something that was already right that ends up getting put wrong. (laughs) I did feel, to me, the frustration of this show was that it treated time like each era was a distinct chapter in a history book and it's okay Mm -hmm. you can rip that chapter out and replace it but it doesn't affect any of the chapters after it the only exception being the hindenburg thing where lucy actually does experience a real issue 
uh, a knock-on effect with her sister no longer existing when she gets back. But to me, it seems like the series should have played with that a lot more. Like, they go back in time, they come back, there are people missing, you know, Gia's just gone, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, suddenly uh, Connor Mason has a beard, or, you know, just changing, like, weird, like, little <laughs> different. Goatee. Right, yeah, he's got a yeah. goatee, you know, he's an eye patch. I mean, whatever, you know, just change people slightly, you know, and just to show that, you know, all these things that Flynn is doing actually have consequence because the show mm-hmm. made it seem like it was pretty much like, oh, it's good, but it's only good because Lucy doesn't want to have to learn a bunch of new stuff, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, history is important. Well, why is it important, Lucy? Because right. it doesn't seem to have any negative consequences other than your sister disappearing mm-hmm. when Flynn changes things. It, it wouldn't even have to be negative. I mean, they could come back and suddenly there's a food chain that wasn't there before they left. Right. Or, or it, the name right. changed. You know? Right. You know, or there was a Bowling Green Massacre or something, you know? <laughs> That's something that I really wanted to see more of was like a sliders-like effect of, oh, this is just like home, except, you know, everyone wears chickens on their head as a <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh. Well, especially when they're going back further, because it's like, obviously, you know, uh, if you're changing something in the 60s or the 70s, the chance that it's really affected, you, you know, too many people down the line is not that much. But when you're going back to the 1700s and people die who aren't supposed to die, like important historical figures die who aren't supposed to die, that would create a lot of differences. And there's so much time for that to compound that, you know, uh, it should have some kind of effect that would be noticeable. But, oh, and by the way, I should have said this like 10 minutes ago, there will be spoilers on this podcast. Go back in time. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But, yeah, so to me, that was the frustrating part of the show because it felt like more than just getting Lucy her sister pack, they should have been trying to figure out, okay, these are the things that Flynn did. How do we Mm -hmm. fix it without you know, breaking the rule of, you know, they can't exist at a time. Without breaking things even worse, right. Well, or without, yeah, without breaking things even worse, but also the realizing that they can't go back to a time they've already been to. So they would either Mm -hmm. have to come to a time slightly after they had already left or slightly before and do Mm -hmm. something to to fix it, so. Or they would have to recruit, uh, you know, other people. Right. I mean, that just goes to, if we're going to talk about their rules, they they Mm -hmm. make they don't. They don't make any sense. So, as I understand it, you cannot go back to any period, even if you're on the other side of the planet, where you already exist in some form. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm there. Like, there are other ways around that. You can send other mm-hmm. teams, sure. But at, I don't even think that they are consistent, even with that. I, I don't know how old Matt Frewer is, but I'm pretty sure he mm-hmm. was probably alive during Apollo 11, and yet yeah. somehow he managed to go back in time to Houston then. So, yeah. yeah, I really feel like they, they just kind of just threw that out the window when it was convenient for them. Well, and I don't know if that is a, you literally can't, like, you know, like, like the time machine will blow up, you know, like, like we, we haven't, we haven't, we, we were introduced to that as that's a rule that you can't do, but I, I don't know if that's a, like, we've said that you, like, like, that is something that they've said it would be, it would be too dangerous to do this, and they just haven't tried. Uh, in the pilot, if I recall I, I mean, correctly, they, they do say yeah, they do say something in the pilot, but yeah, I recall if I recall correctly, Rufus said somebody did try it, and mm-hmm. when they came back, they died, and they feel, think it has something to do. So you're right, it, it, it wasn't they properly. They think it exploited. has something to do with it, but right. yeah, I mean, I that that's that's one of those rules where I'm like, is that a an actual like physics rule in that world, 
or is that a you know it's protocol that you don't do this because because we think this change. might happen right yeah yeah is it you could change your own future or is it you know like feeding gremlins after midnight you know i right. mean yeah yeah it just I, I, but the these clearly they showed evidence of it of it happening with yeah. uh anthony so mm-hmm. obviously you can go back at least in some form to a time where you exist so accepting that it just seems like there are a lot of ways that they are tying their shoes together you know, right. deliberately making it harder than it has to be for the show well the other thing that kind of i felt in some ways the show just moved too slowly you know i hear what some of you guys are saying that it almost went like too too much about the written house stuff and everything but at the same time i knew they had somebody watching lucy and so mm-hmm. i knew that it either had to be the mother or the fiance and I was like, oh, maybe it's the fiancé. Maybe in this timeline, you know, that's the whole reason the fiancé is there. Like, he sort of ingratiated himself knowing that she was going to be the one they were going to put on the time machine. And so mm-hmm. he did that. But, you know, once she basically told the fiancé to take a hike, I was like, well, I know where this is going. You know. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> oh, the sister. <laughs> Mo- Moira Queen. Hmm. There's a villain. This mom. Hmm. Yeah, I think we've done this before. But... <laughs> You know, and I don't know, it felt like they didn't know what to do with her at first because she would just kind of show up once in a very great while just to be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, remember me, everybody? I exist, yeah. <laughs> I exist. And uh, and yeah, it just, I don't know, that, that whole plot line to me just felt like we could have gotten there a lot quicker and, and just kind of like dealt with it rather than ha- having that be the big season two cliffhanger of <gasps> Lucy's mom is really written house. Mm-hmm. And it well, didn't feel like a strong enough oomph to really have people go well man i really got to get back to season two to see how this goes yeah i really feel like that last episode should have come somewhere in the middle like episode eight you know saying rittenhouse is blood and mm-hmm. it, it should have come it should have come sooner than lucy can reconcile with it and yeah well and the, since the show clearly didn't want flynn to be an out and out villain it feels mm-hmm. like having the switch to Flynn, because I, you know, I assume if there is going to be a season two, Flynn's going to be an ally. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they're they're going to break Flynn out of jail, and he's going to help them combating written because now you've basically got them consolidated. You know, Lucy and her friends and Flynn can be on one team, and Rittenhouse now having direct control of the time machine can be another team, rather than mm-hmm. kind of Flynn as a wishy-washy villain, I gotta do some bad things, but I really don't want to. You know, who, that, that was one of the problems, too, is, you know, you could mm-hmm. tell Flynn was conflicted about what he was doing, so without that strong, truly villainous person for them to go against it didn't really give them that as much you know uh, i don't know what's the word as much emphasis on what they were trying to do uh, to fix it i see i kind of have to disagree on that one because because flynn was so emotionally driven uh, to the point where he was blinded mm-hmm. i think that made him more compelling as a character he he was more of course in fairness is also the actor he's a wonderful actor mm-hmm. so i i feel like his story was captivating and believable i mean how far would you go you know to bring back your family and we saw that mirrored in wyatt and right. what he was willing to do so i didn't have a problem with that whatsoever and i felt in that way they were kind of able to do both you had your faceless nefarious enemy in rittenhouse and you had your personal motivation Vendetta, yeah yeah exactly so it's kind of the best of both worlds 
Well, I feel like that would have been fine for less episodes. It felt like making Flynn always the person they were up against because you knew if it, yeah. you knew that there were ways that Lucy could get to Flynn. You knew that there were. Th- I mean, we kind of played the same dance over and over for quite a few episodes, and it didn't feel like it was really going in other than the location changed it, it <laughs> and the time <laughs> right it didn't really I mean, I th- change much i think that that you know having having a villain that has a compelling reason and and is not just boah ha ha i want you to take right. over the world i mean obviously it's it's much better to have a uh, you know a, a villain who you know has has a point you know who has has good reasons for what they do and and that's good and so i i think that he wasn't necessarily a a bad foil there but but you're right there wasn't there wasn't enough opposition between them there wasn't enough you know it, it seems like they should have figured out sooner that they were you know uh that they were close to being on on the same side and and i i think that you're right that Going up against him all the time without having clear, you know, a clear delineation, it just just ended up being being a repeating formula. Now, to be fair, I, I think that what they did, you know, within the the confines of that formula, if if every single time we were going to be showing up and we were going to be trying to fight Flynn, I think they did a lot of interesting and neat things with it but i i would have liked to to see it broken up a little bit more well i do definitely like how flynn played wyatt because he just oh, picked yeah. the name of a serial killer that would be believable as the one who murdered his wife just to show him you're no different than me and i thought that was fantastic but we we don't know that i mean we know Wyatt's wife was still dead but she could have died a different way altogether uh mm-hmm. and that could have entirely just as easily have actually been her killer they never said that she well yeah but i mean he looked at the ipad that they handed to him with the story and he didn't say oh she died differently this time it was she Mm -hmm. you know it looked like he was like i didn't change anything yeah Yeah, she's but then and and fairness he also later on like the very next episode said when he came to peace with it so to speak you know i'm doing Mm -hmm. air quotes he said that maybe it was fate maybe she was meant to die that suggests she died in a different way yeah but see here's here's one of my problems with the show they keep on going back to fate when things have already changed they've seen that things changed so you can't say that we live in a fatalistic universe where things just happen because they happen when you've actually seen things already change except i think i think it's not necessarily inconsistent because you can say there are some things that can change and there are some things that are fated to happen yeah fixed point in time yeah. <laughs> Ding! i Still find that i find that to be a very weak version of time travel well, but anyway <laughs> here's the other issue that i have because flynn's whole idea is hey so i'm going to get rid of witten rittenhouse in the past i'm going to come back my my wife and my family are going to be there you know and even if i have to you know even if i turn myself in or whatever you know it'll been worth it just to bring them back the problem is if rittenhouse is really that important and have been manipulating events in history for so long if you just like wipe them out how do you know that your wife and family will exist how do you know that you'll have ever met your wife how do you know all these other things will happen Mm -hmm. you're you could come back, you got rid of Rittenhouse, but your family never existed in the first place. Well, yeah, you just explained why I don't want to travel in time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, you're talking again, this goes back to the, the madness, the obsession. He's willing to destroy the United States to prevent yeah. it from ever having been. That's going to have a pretty large ripple effect as well throughout history. So, you know, all he cares about is 
it doesn't have to make sense in his head. It just, I mean, it, or rather, it does make sense in his head, but only in his head. Yeah, I mean, and the other big one to me was when he created, or he saved his brother. And that, to me, was the perfect example for a knock-on effect, because, mm-hmm. you know, we go from his wife, uh, or I'm sorry, not his wife, his mom, who was a widow, without a child in the original time, because her child died, getting married, she and her husband decide to have a child, and that's Flynn. Now we go to a single widowed mom with a son that she's going to, A, meet the same guy, that they're going to decide to get married still, that they'll Mm -hmm. decide to have a child at the exact same time, already having a child now that they're taking care of, and that Flynn Mm -hmm. ends up leading the same life, marries the same person, having the same kids. To me, that was one of the big problems. And I'm like, you can't just add a brother into your life and not have that be a huge effect. That's a, uh, yeah, it's a little bridge too far to think that he would, that, that that the father would, you know, meet a woman... With a with a kid, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, not it. Well, it's dating, still possible. I'm just saying that there's a confluence, and there's dating, a certain, there's a, a sequence of events. You don't want to have kids. That, that's a problem, right? It's still. So, I mean, it's still possible, but it's, it's possible, this whole sequence but, occurring exactly. So he was in the same job. Flynn. It didn't change mm-hmm. the career Flynn went into. It didn't do anything. It changed because they looked at his file, and the only difference was he has a brother now. They didn't say, "Oh, there's all these differences now in Flynn's file." It's no, mm-hmm. it's the exact same, except oh, it says he has a brother. You know, yeah, that's the stuff that uh, that's the stuff that really got to me on the show. The sort of logical fallacies that we already talked about. Yeah, it's like yeah, I always wondered if they went back in time and changed it to the point where you know um, Wyatt didn't become a soldier or Rufus mm-hmm. didn't go into engineering, or whatever, and they came back and there was another Rufus who was suddenly a lawyer. You know, I mean, <laughs> right? You know, right. <laughs> well, what happens then? Well, <laughs> that's what I wondered with the one where they sent them to assassinate Flynn's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they were like, this is just the last time we'll send you back. But the thing is, and I, and I wondered how they would handle something like this, because then if Flynn never existed, he would have never stolen the time machine, which means they mm-hmm. would have never recruited Rufus, Wyatt, and Lucy to go back right. in time, or at least not at that point. So when they came back to the present, wouldn't there already be a time machine sitting there? And it, and so, what would that do? Wouldn't that like blow up or something when they tried to occupy the same space as the other time machine? You know, so it seemed like they didn't really think that one through too well there. But um. yeah, that's like the whole time should change the moment that Flynn goes back. Not it shouldn't wait just long enough for them to go back as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. No, I know. And it seemed almost like they were treating it like since the mothership and the lifeboat were linked, that somehow time was sort of parallel so until flynn you know actually you know the same amount of time for flynn passed for them at that point and until he actually made his change you know mm-hmm. then it would mm-hmm. sort of ripple through at that point but it was that that but that doesn't make sense i mean it's yeah anyway yeah. Um, <laughs> but now to to sort of change things you know because we've been talking a lot about plot based stuff uh, getting more to the cast we talked a little bit about connor mason but i actually overall really enjoyed the characters you know uh you know lucy i liked her devotion to history i like the fact that she was a real historian like jen was saying because so mm-hmm. many of these time travel shows uh, it's kind of painful to watch people with especially in this day and age with the lack of knowledge and research that they go back doing um and you know i liked Wyatt. you know i liked that he was sort of the Oh, he's almost the old-fashioned cowboy type. Yeah. You know, he's he's just yeah. a good guy, you know, an honorable person who wants to do the right thing. And uh, then we've got, as every time a machine should have, a pilot named Rufus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, he was the geek. And unlike most geek identification figures, I actually really liked him. Usually in shows, I feel like we're patronized by the geeky character. But Rufus Mm -hmm. convinced me as someone who could be both a professional and a geek at the same time. Which right. I really yeah, he never had any um actually moments, you know, right. pushing exactly. his glasses up, <laughs> adjusting his pen protector. I like right. the, you know, about the that cast about just those three was how concise how they they each had their own very specific role, mm-hmm. and that's like the bare minimum of what you need. It's like they kept like they had a a, a larger crew and they kept paring it down and like okay, all we need is just the bare essence. You need a historian, mm-hmm. you have to have a guy who can fight, and you have to have a pilot, some sort of techie guy. And, yeah. and they got it. And it was like, the, this is all you need. It's exactly yeah. all you need to do this. It's it's the SG teams, except exactly. without the extra soldier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. need one action person, you need the historian, and you need the scientist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And Tilk. <laughs> right. And you need some big guy. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that, Flynn that's Flynn. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Flynn would have been tilt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, well, as you know, that the the thing with Rufus's name uh, uh, was on purpose. Uh, the character so. is Rufus Carlin. No, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't catch his last name. I, yeah, I, his I name is Rufus Carlin. I thought it was. I thought it was surprising. He never. There, there was never a Bill and Ted reference, though, made in the show. But mm-hmm. I guess that's it. His name was the reference. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I. I um. What I liked about well, was the chemistry between the characters. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that the actors really clicked and and played well. And I loved the fact that. They didn't try and force some sort of uh, romantic relationship. Oh, thank uh, God! But, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, up until like maybe the very end. There, okay, you know? I was about to say there was definitely some chemistry going on there. Well, well, throughout the series, they had the looks right mm-hmm. where you could tell that they were thinking those. But until Wyatt sort of made peace with his wife's death. You know, they definitely couldn't do much do it with it and still have, you know, that be believable that he was, right. you know, uh, so stuck on his wife's death. But once well, he got past- he's engaged, I mean, you know. well, yeah, but she never. Yeah, <laughs> I never bought that. I don't even know why they didn't yeah. get. I don't know why they didn't get rid of the fiance character in that third episode, because it's just mm. like, you well, know, I watched that third episode and I'm like, so the first episode, Flynn says, you wrote this diary. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so she wrote the instruction manual on how to change time. Mm-hmm. And now she's got her mom's alive and she's got a super hot, rich, smart fiance. Oh, mm-hmm. she, her future self is fixing her past. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, as soon as, as soon as I have this, like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I wanted the truth to be deeper than at least we've seen with this first season because I, I was thinking the same thing that I'm like, all of this has already happened in one version. There's already been an iteration of it. And now mm-hmm. this is almost like we're going through the second iteration of this time travel. But second or third or, or tenth. Yeah, you know? yeah, could be any number. But we never saw indications beyond the diary of other changes to time or people talking about people with futuristic tech, you know, coming back to other periods or anything like that, which I thought we were going to get. So I'm not sure they really thought far enough ahead to even think about laying those kinds of seeds uh, in the shows. That's kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting Rittenhouse to find out that Rittenhouse had been time traveling for like a long time now mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. that their founder i was expecting quark to be a time yes. traveler 
right. So did I. Right. When the, when the, yeah. <laughs> when the we Army all know German. who you're talking uh, about, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the listeners. You know? <laughs> right. But so, yeah, I, I guess I was just annoyed that the, the Rittenhouse plan was just so obvious and, and kind of petty, I guess. I was looking for something more nefarious, more conspiracy, more stuff I would read on the dark web, you know, about lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> or philosophical, just be like, you know, just, you know, we're the greater good over the individual or something. I, I always felt like there was going to be there was Rittenhouse and then there was Flynn, this terrorist, the time terrorist. Mm-hmm. And then there was going to be, you know, time cops that were going to come after both Flynn and Rittenhouse for screwing with time in a, in a personal way and saying like, you can't do this. And it's Rip Hunter. <laughs> exactly. <You know. laughs> yeah, and Rip, it's not going to get any better yeah. then. It's just going to yeah. get worse. But that's I mean, you can make that argument that Rittenhouse is the time cops. I mean, they want to maintain the status quo mm-hmm. or at least that could, you could make an argument for that. Although now you find out they don't, they want to just make it even better for them. But that would have been interesting if, if just their whole thing is, yeah, we're in power, but the alternative is worse. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, they want to make history great again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially with the way that Quark was talking, you you get the impression that their goal with the time machine would be to do things like make sure the Civil Rights Act never happened, you know, undo suffrage, you know, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, so that does paint a very stark you know, picture oh, of, yeah. you know, of, of, but, but yeah, I think it would have been more interesting to find out that no, Lucy's already living in an altered world where Rittenhouse it, it has actually made things a lot more repressive than they should be. Cause then that, it gives you the thing of, okay, if we unthread Rittenhouse from history, actually that's good because we're restoring things mm-hmm. to the way it's supposed or, or to conversely. be. Or maybe it's bad. I mean, like, what if Rittenhouse went back and tried to, or tried to prevent the depression, or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. You know. And so then you've got this weird moral dilemma: Do they go back and let and either cause the depression or let it happen, depending on where they are in time, mm-hmm. and, or to to defeat Rittenhouse? And so you have to weigh it: What's the greater evil there? And that would be right. an interesting more dilemma to explore for the show no it's true and there's still potential if the show was to be continued of going in those directions but i really feel like and again i don't know i don't know if they planned that they were going to have a 22 episode season and only getting 16 was less than they thought they were going to have Mm -hmm. or you know or if they thought they were going to have 13 and then they padded it out to 16 i don't know what their expectations were going in but especially in this day and age when so many shows plan out seasons at a time, it mm-hmm. felt like they weren't doing that and sort of lay, you know, figuring out, well, this is how we're going to end the season. We're going to do this. Let's, you know, get all the pieces in place to do that. Yeah, right. I, I was, I mean, I was hoping, um, I, I was a very, very big fan of Fringe up until the last season, which I thought was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, bravo, but, I agree. <laughs> but I, I was very much hoping that it would be sort of something like that, where, like, each potentially each season like like something would happen in in the last uh like episode and then we would come back the next season and they would be stuck in a a very different version of the world and then they would have to sort of go back and say try to figure out what in in the 16 episodes we had last season what was the thing that we did that screwed up (laughs) you know like trying to figure out how to undo one thing without undoing other things or or trying to figure out you know or is this something that somebody else did you know making it so that each season had a different feel that each season was in a different a different 
timeline overall, rather than trying to just sort of piecemeal make little changes in mid-season about, oh, well, you come back and you don't have a sister or you're not engaged or whatever. It seems like that would have made for for a, a, a more cohesive overall kind of thing. Right. My, my theory, though, is if Lucy does get the sister back and restores the timeline to where her mother's dying of cancer and her sister is alive, mm-hmm. that her sister knows that she's Rittenhouse. I, I'm Because I'm, they would have had somebody mm-hmm. watching Lucy, because they said they always planned on Lucy being their time traveler. And mm-hmm. so I'm betting that Lucy's sister has already been told about Rittenhouse and is the one that's supposed to keep an eye on her in that version. And that's going to be mm-hmm. the big shocker. Lucy's finally going to get her sister back, and her sister's going to be like, you know, flash the secret hand sign or whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, hold up the trowel. Yeah, I don't Lydra. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you a Mason? Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was, I was almost there, and then yeah. <laughs> oh, for the love of God, Montresor! But anyway, yeah, if, if I were if I were to criticize Lucy, though, that that would be yes, it's great that they have a historian, but she literally knows everything. <laughs> yeah, it would would be a bad idea if they had a few consultants or something that they brought in or or maybe she had to go ask a you know a a, a committee or a professor or someone hey ryan, hey, ryan what do you know about don't, the first don't, revolution you know? ryan don't you watch arrow <laughs> yeah. where felicity is the every scientist you know it's, it's like well, you know so was carter and you know <laughs> right. so was every every show makes i mean fitzsimmons on on, on shield you know every show takes like the smart one and makes them good at everything well yeah even yeah. daniel jackson in stargate it's like he he's he's an anthropologist but he knows every culture and civilization and their entire histories you know which is pretty impressive and how to read and and uh speak and all those <laughs> right up until the right. third episode where it doesn't matter anymore right yeah we're suddenly everybody's speaking english but yeah <laughs> um but yeah hey, Grant, i agree Grant, but... <laughs> yeah i agree i mean historians get a period that they specialize in and while they know a lot of general history they don't know i mean they're just throwing dates out and lucy knows every single one right i mean it's like she doesn't have to to, google any of them yeah i mean to be fair if if she's given like a couple days notice you Mm -hmm. know someone who is a competent historian would be able to brush up on you know and and a lot of i mean as as we've said you know there are there are plenty of other time travel shows where things that you should have learned in fourth grade get screwed up by the characters because they're like, oh, I didn't know that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's she's an intelligent person who who is a history buff in general. You know, if if they could have just said, oh, you know, you know, where where she's like, you got to give me another three hours to finish, you know, researching this, or I'm going to go back and you know use use the wrong, uh, you know, curtsy the wrong way or something. I don't know. Well, that that's kind of like their um the weird things the the anachronisms that like. You know why it can bring a modern gun? Why oh, can't God. you bring like you know a, a laptop, you know, or something you, you, with, with all the historical information? You don't know how much it upset me about the modern guns because mm-hmm. after the <laughs> first time that someone took his gun away, yes. and it was like you know they can learn how to make this, and that will seriously <laughs> affect a lot of things. You know they should have been like, okay, Wyatt, you've learned your lesson. Bring period appropriate guns, yeah. and then Lucy's screaming at the guy in the one episode, the Wyatt replacement. Why did you bring a modern gun i'm like lucy what the hell <laughs> of anyone you should be the one that knows how dangerous that is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh god yeah let's let's teach people to kill each other more efficiently earlier that's a great idea 
<laughs> I don't see how that can go wrong. There's no way. <laughs> Talk about a major change. Yeah, that I would did like, like that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the the thing was, I liked that. That was a that was actually an example of them laying a seed. They introduced him earlier in the season and then mm-hmm. brought him back later. But the problem is, then they kill him off like 20 minutes into the episode. So it's like, what was the point of laying the seed for someone who just dies offhand pretty quickly? <laughs> Well, to make you think that he's not going to just die quickly. I guess. You know, to make it, hopefully, so it's at least a little bit of a surprise, because you're like, wait, but I thought he was, um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah i yeah there, i mean there were a lot of logical problems with the show like that but i still feel like that it had a lot of promise i mean they did some yes. weird things like with what they were doing with gia at the end there mm-hmm. which i think she's seeing like an alternate universe where there was a war uh-huh. in san francisco or something uh so i don't know how that would factor into a second season but you know i just i would have liked to just seen more Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I have a, a question. Did I miss an episode, or the, the trailers kept showing a parade for Amelia Earhart? Did that? Did we ever see that in an episode? I don't recall seeing that. If you watch the there trailers was, for it. There was an episode where... There was the guy who made the transatlantic flight. Yeah, Lindbergh. Yeah, Lindbergh. Yeah. But Lindbergh. I'm, I'm 99, well, 92% positive <laughs> that in one of the promos for it, they show like a, a New York parade, you know, ticker tape parade. Mm-hmm. or something like that for Amelia Earhart's successful flight. Huh. I don't recall ever seeing that. And I did watch a promo, but I'm not sure it was the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And I also watched like some episodes on demand. So, you know, I had to, I was forced to watch you know, right. the commercials in between. <laughs> Same. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. What was I the only one screaming, you know, she's a plant when uh, Flynn <laughs> recruited that other pilot? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. And it's like, Oh, you just murdered Anthony. You know, <laughs> you've just put your fate in this woman's hands. My only thing was, why didn't she reveal herself sooner? Because uh, once he murdered Anthony, there was no backup plan for Flynn. So if she was just like, all right, I'm taking the time machine, you know, I'm going to take mm-hmm. it back to Rittenhouse. That was the only bit I didn't get there mm-hmm. at the end, because they did show her being Rittenhouse's agent uh, mm-hmm. right at the end. But what was going on there? But I, I did like that all of Flynn's men booked. It's like, he's like, oh, they don't want to make another trip. I'm like, no, they saw you murder Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you already killed one of your allies. We don't want mm-hmm. any part of this. So we talked about the main three. Uh, we've talked uh, about Connor Mason. Was there anyone else that uh, anyone particularly liked on the show? Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of Jim Beaver, just in general. <laughs> um, and and uh, so I liked I liked him coming in and having a, having a recurring part. It wasn't very much to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he's an actor that I like. Of course, Eric Kripke, who's one of the uh, producers, was the original uh, showrunner on Supernatural. So I think that's that's how he got brought in. And I did love Misha Collins' uh, very brief <laughs> appearance as Elliot Ness. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yay, Misha Collins is, oh my god, never mind, I guess he's not going to be in the rest of the episode. <laughs> so they've, they, they've had a couple of fun, fun guest stars, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that in terms of like the background characters, I'm I'm blanking on her name. the The main agent, who's like their their oh. boss, oh, Agent um, Christopher, is it? Christopher, yeah, yeah. She was good, not super interesting, but she was fine. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, I just looked it up the Amelia Earhart episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a promo, but it was not from episodic footage. They just showed it as like a possibility of where timeless could go. Uh, so they filmed it just for like 
Ooh, look what we can do. Uh, they also had another one that was like World War II with palm trees, oh, Pearl, like maybe Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. They never had mm. them. <laughs> so they're trying to get people excited. Maybe they knew they were kind of on the rocks, and they're like, let's sh- let's get the fans excited about Amelia <laughs> Earhart and Pearl Harbor. Well, maybe Pearl Harbor would probably be a very expensive episode too. Uh, so that's yeah. the reason yeah. they could that's they like probably shy away a from season that. Two. Right. That's a season two, season three. Season finale, if if we know we're not coming back and we can just blow the budget. Right. Anybody that you particularly liked, uh, Ryan? Well, not like uh, present people, but I really enjoyed the people they would meet in the past. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Houdini, I thought was the best. Oh, he was Uh, fun. He was great. Yeah. Uh, Hemingway, Hemingway, um, yep. uh, Ian Fleming. Yes, I mean, <laughs> Ian Fleming is who I was going to bring up. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or even, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't think. The the guy, the Lone Ranger, was based off of. Oh you know, yeah, I, he was really good. Yeah, yeah. They just I, some of those characters. I unfortunately they can never find a way, but I would love for them to be able to bring them back in some capacity. Well, maybe they can. Like like you said, a week later or something. You know. Well, that's what I really liked about the show. It's like, oh, who are we going to get? Like. If it kept going, you could have, mm-hmm. I mean, when it keeps going, I don't know, maybe if it keeps going, uh, you know, you could bring in more famous actors to do their, these one shot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. impersonations of famous people. I just think it's great. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say, and the one thing that kind of worried me about the premise of the show is that when you limit it to American history, yeah. you know, that's, you know, roughly 200 years of time, you know, a little more, we go back into colonial You're going to run out of cool stuff. Right. You're going to run out of things that people know and, you know, oh, this famous character, you know, this famous guy, you know, and, uh, at I, least they didn't do a Roanoke episode yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Rittenhouse that got rid of the colony. Sick. Crow and Toe is actually Crow Toe. Spoiler. They go back and it's just Rittenhouse carved on the tree instead of. <laughs> I mean, maybe with season two being Rittenhouse has control of the mothership, you know, maybe they could widen it out then and say that Rittenhouse is going back even before, you know, the founding of the United States to mm-hmm. do, you know, changes further back or something. But then you would need to bring in another person because if they started saying that Lucy can speak every language, yeah. you know, that you might yeah. find in history, mm-hmm. that starts becoming a problem. Yeah, but you can expand the crew at that point, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did have I the premise worried me a little bit just from that that it would have to change. I mean, but if you saw another um Kripke series, uh, Revolution, the first yeah. season and the second season are are almost totally different shows, except the main characters are the same. I, I actually didn't like what they did with the second season. I thought that they completely ruined the show. But at least uh, th- they aren't afraid of making a huge change to the formats and style of the show. So, I mean, it's possible that the second season could expand greatly on what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, as far as supporting uh, characters, I really loved Ian Fleming. You know, they made him a little more Bond-like than I think is historically accurate. Because yeah. <laughs> my understanding was that Fleming wasn't really, like, an undercover secret agent. That he was someone who worked in, like, a war office, you know, kind of espionage thing. You know, he was not, like, a front-line kind of guy. Yeah, well, yeah, they should have gone back the in time. That's the story they want Christo- you to believe. They, they should have gone back in time and met Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no, that's that's true. He was, he was a real uh, agent, you know. And uh, but yeah, but I love the whole fact that they basically made Ian Fleming like James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, you it know, was fun. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. macking and on you know, Lucy time... and Lucy liking it. <laughs> 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 
they're like, I think Lucy likes it. You know? <laughs> it's really funny. But uh, yeah, and that it was um, was named Sean McGuire. Yes, from uh, Once Upon a Time. Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, Robin. Hood. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, I yeah, I really liked. I really liked that. He he was also uh uh what's it what Grodd and not Grodd something in the Flaming Sword of Fire. Uh, cr- oh, it was a hilarious show, but that's oh, okay. all subject. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. It it, it was a, a a fantasy show he did. He was the man. It was a comedy. Well, go see it if you ever get the chance. Okay. <laughs> I really like Matt Frewer too, as a general rule. Uh, oh yeah, I think he's I a love really him in fun. Everything. Yeah, I, I think he's a really fun actor. I feel like. As Anthony, he didn't get a whole lot to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think he really sold the wariness and the not wanting to be part of it. But sure. I, I'm used to him having a lot more facets. And I mean, he was only in, what, three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. they didn't give him a lot of chances either. But it was good to see Matt Frewer again because he is someone that, you know, I just am happy to see whenever he's in something. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, did did Flynn give anyone else a uh, Magneto vibe? I was kind of like getting like a Fassbender huh. <laughs> feeling yeah, from now him. Now that you mention yeah. it, I, it didn't really click for me before. But yeah, I can I can kind of see that. Yeah, he he felt Fassbendery to me. I never got that, but I, I was curious where his where did he keep getting his minions from? <laughs> <laughs> He's got like his he rented them his. from the Renta minion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, his motivation made sense, but how did he always get all these other people just to come along and help and die in the past for him? <laughs> well, he probably got some doubloons at one point, you know, <laughs> traded them in for like, you know, 100,000 bucks or whatever, and, you know, he's paying Maybe. these guys. You know, I... Makes as much sense as anything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somehow he got money, I think, and he's paying them off, because, yeah, no, no one else he was seemed like a true believer it seemed more like mm-hmm. these were hired help a- a- anthony was the only one i think that he actually convinced you know that hey yeah. rittenhouse is gonna get control of this time machine this, this is what these people do and can you mm-hmm. imagine if you just let them play with history and mm-hmm. the really sad thing there is that you know anthony was an incredibly good-natured person who ended up just dying horribly <laughs> and didn't really succeed at anything uh. <laughs> yeah. Downer. <laughs> yeah, downer. <laughs> AT dubs. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. It's not real. It's right. a character. <laughs> oh. So, um, what about Lucy's dad? Um, Anybody know him? Uh, he, he seems familiar to Benjamin me. Benjamin Cahill. Yeah. He seems familiar to me, but I don't know from what. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there's an easy way. If only we had the technology yeah, to solve it. If only we had the technology. Uh, I didn't know in, if anyone knew him from anything. Zodiac. He was in The Fly. Mm. Hmm. Um, let's see. He was in Transparent. Aquarius. Mm. Gracie. Homeland? And yes, he was in Homeland. He was Joe Crocker. Hmm. Three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, he's just yeah. one of the. He's got that. You know, he's got that that look like you would see on John Getz. Yeah, you've mentioned it. Uh, but like, um, Stargate. He would be like the the evil senator of whatever his name was. Yeah. Stargate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's just got that look. You know, the the right. douche look. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He has that politician. You know, he's an older guy. You know, kind of politiciany look going mm-hmm. for him. You know. But yeah, I mean, he didn't really do a whole lot for me. I mean, I liked. I liked it better when he was more intimidating in the early episodes. Mm-hmm. And when you learned that he was the one that um, Rufus was actually talking to on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a fun time, you know, way of playing with time, you know. And again, it's one of those things I wish they had done more of. I will say that that 
was again I've maybe maybe this is what soured me on Rittenhouse to begin with. But as much as I love Armin Shimmerman, he didn't come across as this is the founder of Rittenhouse. This yeah. is what yeah. we're afraid of. Yeah, I mean maybe they did that on purpose just to show that this person who thinks he's so superior is this guy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't know. That seemed a little on the nose. What do you just say that because he's a really short guy, so he's not very physically imposing? Well, I'm just saying if you. Imagine the superior human being. No offense to Armin Shimmerman, but he probably <laughs> Well, but he, I mean, he was someone who believed in intelligence, you know, that, sure. he, that yeah. he could reason through and think through anything. You know, what I was really hoping, especially since they showed that he was a clockmaker, was that when that he was going to discover that their stuff was from the future, and mm-hmm. that would start turning the wheels of Rittenhouse planning 200 years to get a time machine mm-hmm. so that they would have that kind of power. But it didn't work out that way, and in fact, they end up killing him. So, you know, anything he learned mm-hmm. is pointless anyway. It's the son, but, I guess, who ends up founding Rittenhouse. I was going to say, but yeah, the, the, yeah. the son you know, could have overheard some of that, or, I, I don't know. No. I, I just, again, I would have liked for that all to come full circle, you know, and be like, oh, we're actually the ones who, like, <laughs> that gave them the idea to exactly. do the time machine. It's, it's our fault that Rittenhouse got the idea to make the time machine, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they did do that, I think, fairly well in the last episode, where they went back to and found Lucy's grandfather, mm-hmm. and he waited all that time. Yeah, and he was their inside man in Rittenhouse, and I mm-hmm. thought that was—I I got a little—I got some goosebumps on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I just thought that was just uh, kind of a fairly clever way to play it. Yeah, that whole last episode weirded me out because it seemed like everything was going too well, <laughs> and it seemed to resolve fairly quickly. And I was like, do they know they're getting canceled? So they're like, hey, we're just going to wrap everything up. Uh, Because, like, Lucy convinced Flynn really easily. You know, it just seemed like the the grandfather agreed to do this pretty easily. And it just seemed like this is all just going way too well. And then it's even like, we're going to get your sister back. And, you know, Rittenhouse completely destroyed. Oh, I remember the last thing I wanted to, to ask, but I'll, I'll say that for a second. But then, then it's the mother at the very end and the mm-hmm. whole thing of, we're not going to let you bring someone back that we've never heard, you know, endanger me to bring mm-hmm. someone else back. And it's just the way that she says that and everything. That actress does, yeah. you know, uh, sinister, you know, yes, really well. Huh. You know, again, going back to Arrow, where I knew her from before, it was so good because she could turn, you know, she's the loving mother, but it's like, mm-hmm. if anything, like, gets in her way, you be scared of this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I like that. But uh, yeah, the one thing I wanted to ask everybody is, do you guys believe Mason's turnaround at the end? No. Yeah, I believe Mason genuinely cares for Rufus. Mm-hmm. That well, doesn't answer my question. Okay, I believe he will do... I believe he's a coward in the end, but that mm-hmm. if he can find a way that he believes he has the advantage and can use it to to help Rufus, that he will. But I also believe that if things turn against him, that he will turn in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's a very he's a very smart guy, mm-hmm. and and he's a guy who looks out for number one. Yeah, you know he he mm-hmm. knows how to turn a situation to his advantage. So. Uh, and you know, and and part of that is just knowing that that the the way that that actor has has played other things, but also in the way that he's he's played the character here. You know, he's always trying to think several moves ahead. So you know, what is 
what what side is he on right now? Well, that that could change at any moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or and yeah, especially in a time travel show. Yeah. Exactly. I, think, I find that Mason is like the Connor Mason's like the he's just all about his company and all about mm-hmm. his project and he just wanted he wanted to use what he had to do like he used the government to get funding mm-hmm. to build his time machine and then he wanted everyone out and he just wanted to play with his toy and i think he will do whatever he can to get what he wants i don't think i think he cares about rufus in a but not in a father or son way at all but just sort of like you know i feel responsible for what happens to him but i don't think mm-hmm. if it comes kind down to it he would trade rufus for the mothership or something you know yeah I mean, kind of like a what can rufus do for me type uh way. yeah yeah just like he, he used he's used rufus he used the he used the government he's used written everybody <laughs> everybody just so he can be the first guy to discover time travel that we know of that we know of yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had a hard time swallowing his turnaround when I saw the episode. And then in light of how it ended, and knowing that there are parts of Rittenhouse that were willing to sacrifice other parts of Rittenhouse, sure. I'm wondering if he wasn't told, do this thing to get the gut. You know, the government has learned too much. You know, people yep. who shouldn't know, uh, do this thing to... Uh, you know, uh, give them, yeah, to sell some people down the river to keep the rest of us secret. And so it's it's unclear to me that he really did have a change of heart where mm-hmm. it could have just been, he's just, you know, he did what he had to do to, to you know, quiet things down. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a survivor. Catchy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone have any strong feelings about Gia? Uh, she's right about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked the relationship with Rufus. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. But then I don't know the It seems like there were a lot of things like that where they had characters that they would just sort of pop in when they felt like it and so you mm-hmm. didn't really get to feel anything strongly about them. Mm-mm. Yeah, I liked I liked her in the first couple episodes. Like I thought that she was she was an interesting character, but then all of a sudden I don't know. Just not important anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. Does anybody have any other strong feelings about Timeless? Anything they want to say that they haven't gotten a chance to say yet? I will throw in. I like the fact that when I when I started looking stuff up for tonight, they have a lot more women writers on on this show than they do on most of the other uh, fantasy shows out mm-hmm. there. I, w- I would say probably a probably about a third, I guess, of the episodes were written by women, which I thought was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. Wow. I would say that I feel like the writers, those self-same writers, I suppose, mm-hmm. really love history. Like they're not yeah. just doing it because it's a gimmick. It's not a gimmick to them. I, mm-hmm. Now they make mistakes. Uh, when the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, they they kind of there were some details that were wrong. But you know, and there, I'm sure I'm not an expert on it, but I'm sure there are other plot points in history where they also got details wrong. But nevertheless, it comes through with each episode how much care and effort and research they put into it and uh, yeah I, it's rare to see a time travel show do it right in that in that way they'll do they'll get the special effects right or the time mm-hmm. travel aspect of it right but they'll rarely get the history the, right especially when it's a yeah especially when it's a different period every week mm-hmm. yeah, yeah looking I at mean, you legends <laughs> well exactly. and 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 the, the 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 most egregious one for me has always been um sleepy hollow which i just can't even watch anymore <laughs> but um there was there was they had a an episode fairly early on a croatoan episode incidentally <laughs> um where they were talking about uh, about how there was there was some document from that time period which is you know the uh, 1600s and um, or 
early 1600s, I guess. And because, what's his face? Because Crane had been an Oxford-trained, like, medievalist and could speak Chaucerian English. (laughs) They were like, oh, well, he's the only person who'll be able to understand something from the 1600s. I'm like, bro, do you even Shakespeare? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're we're a little past Chaucer when uh, you know Roanoke was founded. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the tangent. <laughs> no, no problem. We we all go off on tangents from time to time. Ryan, did you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, no, just that I, the love for the the time the time periods really comes through. Yeah. Nate. Yeah, I want to say that this was a uh, a sci fi fantasy show that like my wife and I really look forward to watching every week. We watch watched it together and that's what i think it was great was it it, it, it had a, a a wider audience i think that well, most it's a shame it didn't potential. reach a wider that it could i mean i don't know why yeah. it didn't did, did somebody tell me that it came on after celebrity apprentice and that's <laughs> what the issue was <laughs> because yeah i, I dvr'd it so I didn't... yeah that, that's right because it was on nbc yeah that that sounds about right yeah, yeah I, I think that that was part of what killed it, is that it was on after Celebrity Apprentice, so there was oh, nothing really... Oh, I watched really it on brilliant. Hulu, so I don't know. <laughs> right, well, well, like I say, I DVR'd it, so it didn't matter to me it was on before it. I do think that the big networks, the big, I guess there are four or five now, tend to do the same idea, and, and that they just mm-hmm. hurt themselves when they do this. We have a, such a glut of time travel shows right now, Timeless, Legends of Tomorrow, Time After Time, Making mm-hmm. History. You know, it, it's easy for one to get lost, uh, in the crowd. Lost in time. <laughs> oh, and there's a but new I mean, one on uh, like Comedy the... Central. It's a duffel bag. No, that is oh, that, that's making history, that's and that's history. on Fox. Oh, it is okay. I just yeah, so. yeah. But so they, but, yeah, that, that's you know why did why didn't they put this on like after uh, after Grimm? You know something where you would yeah. already have the supernatural audience you know tuned in. Because they had Emerald City on after oh, Grimm. God, that was so bad. <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, timeless. Uh, yeah, I, I like like Nate was saying. It, it, I feel like it had potential for a much greater audience than saw it, and I think that's the true tragedy. Is that you know not many people did watch it, and that's the reason why it failed. Not because it was bad, and because people were turning off in disgust, mm-hmm. but because they just never saw it in the first place. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, kind of like, uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not putting these shows in the same category, but kind of like what happened to Firefly, where mm-hmm. this has mm-hmm. the potential to gain a greater following later on, if, you know, but it never it had Netflix, a chance. right, yeah. but it never I, had know, a chance. You know, I would, I would say, say Timeless would do better. Thank you. Yes. In, in like the 2000s, honestly. Hmm. I think it's a victim of time, of our time, where there's just so much good content out there so much mm-hmm. content period it's hard to find the signal and the noise oh yeah i agree and, and back before back when we were mostly limited to four channels you know mm-hmm. like a show like this i think yeah would have would have been huge you know voyagers and quantum leap which were shows you know from my you know younger days you know were always mm-hmm. really big the time travel aspect the idea of going through history and writing wrongs mm-hmm. has always been popular i i think maybe the it's failing one of his problems was also one of his blessings it, it, like you said it's a uh, it's got so much cross appeal it's i would say it was it's rare that you can find that family friendly entertaining show that anyone can watch you can watch it with your kids you can watch it you know uh in public or whatever and it just doesn't come across as edgy uh, that seems to be so popular nowadays mm-hmm. well that's true 
yeah, this this definitely wasn't Grimdark, which is weird because it was on at a late time slot. It was ten o'clock Eastern. Uh, there's another expect reason. Darker. Yeah, that's another yeah, that's another reason why I didn't get a huge following. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, this could have been an eight o'clock show easily. Yeah. There was nothing mm-hmm. on here that was too intense for young people mm-hmm. where you'd want to have it on later. So yeah, that's a problem too. Yeah, NBC, you know, I think sets up a lot of shows to fail. But that's mm, a whole Lucy other. Preston getting her uh, underwire out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, I think that was the most risque. Yeah, that's true. In time periods where everyone's covered up from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in the summer, they're wearing wool suits. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, if no one has anything else to say, then let's do our sign outs. So uh, I'd like to thank all three of you again, uh, Ryan, Jennifer, and Nate, for being on the show this week. Anytime. Oh, thank you. Yay. No problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why don't you uh sign out and say goodbye uh or and uh, let people know where you they can find you uh let's go uh ryan then jennifer then nate well to use another time traveler's quote off the la vista internet you can find me on twitter at geek stranger you can find me on facebook as well and obviously on these fine people's facebook pages and other social media i will be telling them they're wrong as you've heard me <laughs> say time and time again and perhaps if i can get my own time travel machine up and running my website will have something on it some content of some sort geekstranger.com by the time you hear this but probably not yeah <laughs> but maybe we live in hope <laughs> Indeed. Yes, I'm um, co-host of Earth Station MCU, and I'm also co-host on Earth Station Who, so I'm available on both of those. We've got Facebook groups for both of those shows, and uh, yeah, I'm around. I do, not, I do not do the tweets. There's just too much social media out there. I gotta pick and choose. And you can find me at uh, on pretty much just on Twitter uh, at Nate Bob Benton. You can find my uh, random internet droppings scattered about Twitter. <laughs> that sounds really disgusting. Yep. Sometimes internet they are. Droppings. I, I uh, <laughs> Twitter. I'm a little bit more uh, a little bit more loose on Twitter than I am on Facebook. <laughs> All right. Well, if anyone wants to see your internet droppings, they can find them there. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up our episode on Timeless. I'd like to thank Ryan, Jennifer, and Nate for joining me on this episode. As you've probably noticed, I am late once again with an episode on a TV season. I had planned for this one to go out last week, but circumstances conspired against me. So this is going out the day after season two has premiered. Uh, I did find it kind of funny listening back to this that we kind of uh, treated it as if the show was going to be canceled because that's what all the analysts were saying. And of course, if you follow the news, you know that the show was canceled for three days and then NBC walked back and renewed it which was a really weird situation still not clear why they did it but it's certainly good that they did we'll definitely have uh, another episode on season two of Timeless uh, for next year and hopefully by then I'll have things worked out so that the shows actually release on time (laughs) with all that being said uh, one piece of news that I want to share with everybody is that the show is now available on Google Play because we're having the issues that we're having with Stitcher Radio, I wanted another platform besides iTunes because I know that uh, some people are against using iTunes. So I found out about Google Play and I've uploaded the podcast to Google Play. So you can now get the 42 cast on Google Play. I'm still trying to work with Stitcher on getting the uh, episodes up that they don't have. They haven't really been very responsive. All that I got was a single email back so far, even though this has been going on for, I think, a little over a month. So I don't know what's 
what's going on on their end, and I didn't get any kind of an explanation as to why it's happening, but hopefully soon Stitcher will also be updated, and it will have the latest episodes on there as well. And so I apologize to anyone who's using Stitcher, even though I'm not sure you'll even hear this until they get the episodes up, but it is what it is. Uh, If you know anyone who is uh, using Stitcher uh, for the 42Cast, and you get this through iTunes or Google Play, please let them know that those uh, other avenues are available for them. And that brings me to what I always talk about is that I want to hear from you. And there are all sorts of ways to do that. And one way is to go to Stitcher or iTunes and leave a review on the podcast. I didn't see on Google Play that there was a place for reviews. There probably is, and I just couldn't find it on the website. I don't have the app, so maybe maybe it's there. But definitely leave us a review on the podcast. Uh, that That's one way of, of letting us know. If you have comments about specific episodes or, or other things, I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can contact us, like leaving a message on the website, which is 42cast.com. Uh, you can also tweet any messages to us at, at 42cast. You can contact us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can send us an email at everything at 42cast.com. One other thing that I wanted to bring up is that the ESO Network now has a Patreon. Eventually, I will get some content up on that Patreon, but for now, you can go to the uh, ESO Network Facebook page to get more details on that Patreon, the different levels, and what you get as far as a reward for those levels. And everything that you contribute to that is uh, goes towards the network, so I would definitely appreciate it if uh, anyone who's able can go and do that, because we want to keep the network running. So that brings us to an end on this podcast. Please join us back next week when Chris Hemsworth will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is sharper swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.